I also I, I have got it in my notes, but watching this movie, I realized that I actually never had Son of Godzilla or Ibra Horror of the Deep. I had this movie because <laughs> Godzilla's Revenge, probably right. Yeah, I had Godzilla's Revenge, which I knew I had this movie, but I didn't. I thought I had Ibra and Son of Godzilla, and I didn't have either one. Surrounded by bullies and monsters with hair. Wait, have I seen this before? It's all monsters attack. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. How's it going, Alex? It's going good. That was a good write-up that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, that was a good it, one. Most of this movie, All Monsters Attack, it does feel like I've seen it before. Yeah, because there, I have. There's, this, there's, a, there's a strange <laughs> sense of deja vu for almost 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help. Honestly, it doesn't help that we've just watched these movies back to back to back. You know? Yeah, but so, if you think about the release of these... Yeah. I mean, it was only like, what, a year apart, maybe, or right, so? Right, right. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> it's not much better. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Uh, but maybe if I'd given the other movies a couple of years and came back to this one and watched it by itself, maybe I would never notice. You don't know, yeah. Alex. You don't know. Or maybe if I just rolled up with a men in black light and just flashed in front of your face and you forgot about the other movies, maybe you would have liked this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, Alex, in my uh, class, I'm, I'm an English teacher, and we have like a homeroom class at the beginning of the day. And on Fridays, students kind of got to choose an interest that they wanted to do. Um, and the interest in my class is great movie scenes. I really haven't been showing scenes. I've just been showing movies. <laughs> but this past uh-huh. couple of weeks, we've been working through the original Gojira. Um, and surprisingly... Several of these students are are pretty into it, so I'm kind of excited about that. Really? I guess, okay, how big is the class? Well, I think we've got like 25 to 30 kids in there. There's a couple other kids that come in from other classes. I I say I've got like 10 kids watching it, so. (laughs) Dude, that's that's pretty good. This is a black and white movie movie from way too long ago for them, you know? (laughs) It is. From what, 1954? I, I mean... I can't believe you have 10 watching it, to be quite yeah. frank. I mean, and to be honest, like, I don't know. There's something fascinating about it, though, to them, I think. Like, they've never seen anything like it, you know? Not too many people are like us, Alex. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and Suitmation is a thing that, I mean, they're probably only in contact with it is Power Rangers, if any of them watched it growing up. Yeah. that's No, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, Alex, another thing I was thinking about this week is... You know, just our general approach to these episodes. We've been kind of down, and especially I've been kind of down on some of these movies recently. Um, like Son of Godzilla, for example, I was pretty down on. Yeah, but, but you kept it pretty light, though. Yeah, right? I mean, the reality is, is like we still appreciate these movies, even when we're, you know, giving them two and a half star reviews, two star reviews. So I, I, I take it seriously when I say we are the. Uh, American Ninja Warrior of Godzilla podcast. So <laughs> just trying to stay positive, <laughs> yeah. which is exactly what we have to do with this film. Right. And so that's, that's my ca- caveat is 
I'm going to try to stay positive today. Uh, I'll talk about that. But yeah, this isn't the best film, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, it, it's not. But there are some merits to it. And yeah. there's even some spots where I can see somebody getting something more from this. But even then, I have problems with what they probably got when they were little compared to what they would get from it now. Right. <clears throat> and I'm really interested to talk about this with you. And especially since this one is widely considered the worst movie, but a lot of people really like it, which yeah. uh, after watching strange, it is a, okay. a little surprising. But, you know, I think it could also depend on when this movie hits you. Exactly. Well, let's get into it. All right. With limited time and budget, Ashiro Honda returns to direct 1969's All Monsters Attack. Using footage from Ebra, Horror of the Deep, Son of Godzilla, and Destroy All Monsters, Honda reframes the action with a different target audience, kids. In fact, the monsters, it could be said, never appear at all except in the imagination of the child protagonist, Ichiro. But is that enough to make this a monster movie? Is the movie-going experience different for an adult than it was for you as a child, Alex? What stands out this time around that you have, may have missed when you were young? Well, I, I do think it's still a monster movie, even though I think that this film is completely in Ichiro's mind. And I say that because, I mean, obviously it's a daydream. Right. But even Godzilla may not exist in this universe because no one seems to really understand who he's talking about. <laughs> it's true. So, it's true. So it's it's a little bizarre that he's that this is a Godzilla movie that may not even take place in the Godzilla universe. You know, I just made this connection, Alex, as I was as I was thinking about that introduction. Um, that our protagonist here is Ichiro, right? And the director is Ichiro Honda. So I was like, that's kind of <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I, I I think it's Ichiro, and then the director is Ichiro. Really? I think that's the difference. I I could be wrong. I wonder if I'm wrong about the name now. <laughs> Maybe I should have uh, looked it up instead of just right. assuming. You're, you're probably right. But yeah, it's yeah, so close. I, I am right. <laughs> it's so it's so close. It's like I mean, it's literally one letter. It's literally one letter. You're, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Ishiro Honda. You're right. But it's so close. It's like man. You know, maybe maybe he's trying to tell us something. Godzilla was born from his nightmares originally. Mm. So this little kid could be him. There we go. You know? So, <laughs> Eric, you may have just stumbled upon something profound. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really doubt it after watching this movie, but <laughs> you may have stumbled on something profound. <laughs> this is definitely a monster movie. That's kind of one of the great things about this genre and this podcast is as long as a monster kind of shows up, it's a monster movie. <laughs> right? Right, it, it it can be anything with just something with a monster popping up at the end, and it's like, well, yeah, it's a monster movie. I think <laughs> we've got a, we're pretty lenient. I mean, we've got Invasion of the Astro Monster that hardly has any monsters in it, really. So, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that, even though this is all make believe, it's uh, definitely a monster movie. But I used to think that I had seen this movie before. Yeah. Well, multiple movies before. I used to think that when I was a kid, I had Ibra, Horror of the Deep, and I had Son of Godzilla. But it turns out, after watching this movie, I was like, oh no. I saw both of those movies in this one. (laughs) 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 
which explains a lot of the confusion I was having about not remembering the human element. Mm. But I always remembered the kid, and I remembered uh, fighting Ibra, and I remember fighting Kumanga just barely, and I have horrible memories of Gabara. Oh, oh yeah. what a horrible monster that is. I'll get into that later. But even when I was younger, this was not a movie I was watching when I had my big list of movies. I mean, I had Astro Monster. I had King Kong. I had every Ghidorah movie. And I had Mechagodzilla and then Biollante. And this is the one I watched the least. Hands down. I remember watching the other ones nonstop. But hmm. this one, even when I was little, didn't catch my attention. Yeah. And that's that's even with the black and white King of the Mo- uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, hmm. the American version of the original. I was watching that more than I was watching Godzilla's Revenge, which is what it was called back then in America. And I think it kind of... I know some people get something from it, but even then, I didn't get anything. It was a little boring to me. Yeah. And, yeah, I see a lot of monsters, but there's not much going on for somebody who's looking for monster action. Because it's so playful, and there's no stakes, and it's just kind of an odd thing for a kid to watch, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've heard a lot of sentiments about the film, about how, as a kid, it inspired people to kind of have a backbone, stand up for themselves. But watching it now, I can see how... I guess a kid would get that from this film. 100%. I see that story in there. But as an adult, I am thoroughly confused by the message that this film presents. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a clear message through the majority of this film yeah. that it d- obliterates within the last five <laughs> minutes of the movie. And in just completely baffling yeah. ways. Yeah. And just that last five minutes knocked the not that this movie was going to get a high start. It was already the worst movie. But <laughs> when it when when those themes just fell apart at the end, it got knocked down even more mm. for me. Mm. So, I don't know. What well, what did what did you think of it? Cuz I I'm kind of baffled by the movie, really. Well, I mean, I agree with you. In reality, this film is an absolute hot mess. Um, but I'm going to try to give it the benefit of the doubt here a little bit. Um, on Twitter, in response to our Reddit thread, the Kaiju Apostle said it was important to consider the limitations, either self-imposed or not, that Honda had to work with on this film. And, I mean, if you think about it, he's right. He had a limited budget, limited time, and kind of a limited targeted audience, kids. So, despite the fact that I could spend this entire podcast complaining about just about every aspect of this film from an adult perspective, I'm going to try to focus on the ideas presented in the film um, and think about it maybe as a kid would, which it sounds like as you were a kid, you didn't appreciate it then. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to try. Um, but let me, let me read you something, Alex. This is a review from a letterbox user, Matt Lynch. And I want to see if you agree, disagree. I think he brings up some interesting points. He says, in its way, the closest to relatively grounded and thematically ambitious since the original. The bullied kid's fantasy of traveling to Monster Island and helping Manila fight his own tormentor, Gabara, is genuinely cute, and for a movie like this, spirals appropriately out of control when he gets kidnapped in real life by bank robbers. 
The film actually implies that the socioeconomic hardship of having two working parents is rotting away at some kids' moral fiber, contributing to both a bullying problem and the deeper issue of crime in general. It's both sweet and telling that he imagines his kaiju counterpart Manila getting the quality time with his father that he himself craves. I dock it more for recycling a good chunk of the monster fights from previous films if the framing device didn't integrate it so well with simple dual kid and adult-friendly themes. Also, it's funny that the little Ichiro imagines himself flying commercial to Monster Island, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. I like that. Now, I like that it's like a vacation destination Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't agree with the first part of this review. This is not the most thematically ambitious since the original. But, I completely agree with you, by the yeah, way. <laughs> it's not. But I do like the idea that the socioeconomic hardships here are directly or indirectly contributing to bullying. Now, bullying is a real issue. Um, and sometimes films can really help kids out with bullying. Another Twitter user, at um, Kaiju Writer Ant, told us that the American version of this film, Godzilla's Revenge, really helped him through a difficult time of bullying in his life. So, once again, we're not trying to minimize that here. Um, and I don't think we can overlook this film as we keep the target audience in mind. However, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, as Matt Lynch states in this review, uh, between socioeconomics and bullying. Ichiro certainly deals with bullying himself and is forced to take care of himself while his parents work overtime. But here's the thing. Ichiro isn't the bully. Sanko is the bully who's projected as Gabara later in the film. Right. So I don't really yeah. think there's that connection. At least it's not a clear connection. Yeah. I mean, some of these points are really nice pickups. And there's, there's some that I noticed, especially the absent parents. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that especially at the end when Ichiro is leaving the house for the last time. Well, not the last time, but he's going to school at the end of the film. Yeah. And his mom starts crying after he leaves, kind of realizing that. Her son's kind of grown up a little bit. He just defeated two bank robbers, right? <laughs> but also that she wasn't present for it. She's been absent. And you, you could see that in just a few moments with her that she kind of has some regrets. But you also understand that these parents are probably working so they can just live in this tiny little house mm -hmm. that they have. Right. Right. There's these couple of big hurdles that really are problematic for me. And they get in the way of these smaller points that Honda is clearly making. And I like those points. I don't know what... There's another problem, I guess. Is I don't know what you thought about Gabara. But I thought, as a monster, even, he's just the most annoying and worst designed monster <laughs> in this universe yet. Is it is it Gabara or is it Gabara? I'm not sure. I don't know. He gabs a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we should call him Gabra. Gabra. Okay. I mean, it's it's probably, <laughs> it's a good. That's a, we probably should have looked that up. But I think I'm gonna call him Gabra or Ga yeah, I'm calling him Gabra. All right. But I thought that he's excruciatingly annoying. Apparently, like this was actually a Godzilla suit from the previous movie that they modified to look like him to ga look like Gabra. And but that's not the worst part is his looks because he he looks like this horrendous thing with it's like you said hair on his head, and also apparently they made him look like a toad on purpose kind of to represent the <laughs> bullying and that type of thing. Uh -huh. The horrendous noise he makes every three seconds of the film. It's not even that annoying until you notice it, and then when you notice it, you can't leave it alone. Wait, how did it, it go, Alex? <laughs> 
That was pretty good. <laughs> it was so annoying. I had, I actually had to mute the TV. <laughs> I actually and I, I was like I was like it, it just because it just kept going and it's literally every three seconds. Yeah. Like we get these sounds from Godzilla, but they're short. They're these short little like ah, <laughs> ah sounds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but but Gabra's is like. It's a three-second song, song. Oh God, it's not a song, but it's a three-second sound that is just excruciating, and it keeps happening on a loop. It's nonstop. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. It's a small. It, I don't know if it's a small nitpick because everything. It, I guess it does go to show how caringly everything else is crafted, and this was not the sound that he makes. It's clearly an afterthought. And something that I don't feel like Honda would have done under normal circumstances. But maybe it's to illustrate how annoying this bully is. I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put a lot of the decisions of this movie together in my head. But it's this gigantic puzzle piece where none of the pieces are from the same puzzle. <laughs> and it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I was trying to find some things I like about the film, right? I mentioned some of the messages. And I asked on Reddit... Uh, what someone might like about this movie. What I wanted to hear a good opinion. And well, only one person responded. So <laughs> here's what we get. It says Godzilla's son looks like a poop. <laughs> That's a positive. <laughs> and Man. that glorious contribution was by Glutinator 92. Thank you. Glutinator and- 92. That is profound. <laughs> <laughs> but he did go on to say, I think it's one of the sillier films, but it's not awful. So, I did go on to make fun of Glutinator's name and talk about how he has a solid opinion, just like his butt. But he went on to correct me that it was actually about the proteins and not the butt muscle. Oh, there you so, go. <laughs> but, you know, there is somebody out there that does enjoy the sillier elements of the film. I just, man. Well, I mean, actually, I, I think that's kind of the general consensus. And maybe it's people who are just kind of thinking back to when they watched it when they were a kid, you know, they're like, yeah, it's one of the sillier films, but it's not awful. So I, I don't know. I think that's kind of the general consensus that I've kind of seen online. Um, but there was an aspect of the film I liked. I, I, I liked the connections and the projections between Ichiro's real world experience and or his dream world experience and his real life. The final showdown between him and the robbers um, is actually pretty fun. We, we get those uh, insert shots, those stills of Manila, Godzilla, and the Gabara battle. Uh, it's interesting, though, when you actually start to think about it, because he didn't really get these ideas from anywhere except for from himself, because he was <laughs> the one who projected that battle in his dream. So... I think there's something to the fact that if it wasn't for Ichiro's creativity, he wouldn't have had the courage and imagination to fight the robbers. In general, just like Ichiro found solace in in his imagination of Manila, other kids probably found solace in All Monsters Attack. So there's this interesting point I think Honda's making between creativity and imagination and Ichiro's courage. Yeah, and he definitely does have imagination. I mean, even before he starts reflecting back on his time at Monster Island, we see him putting those newspapers over the hole, hoping somebody falls in it. And 
Right. I think that is a, I think it's a really good breakdown, Eric, actually of just that relationship between imagination and his ability to get out of the situation that he solves himself without knowing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, that's what's so interesting about it is cause you know, he, he does all those like tricks that he remembers from his dream, but where does his dream come from? His dream comes from himself, right? There's that creativity within himself that allows, allows him to get out of that situation. Yeah. And it, it definitely is a good scene and it's really, it is probably the charming part of the film. Yeah. yeah. His escape. It felt very home alone. Notice I didn't say one of the charming parts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a it is a really charming part. It, it's a really neat scene that's fun, and it does. It's like you said that imagination that kids have when they're pretending to be their heroes is, is you know it's kind of something special that you lose when you get older. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the most interesting thing about this film is that idea, which is actually pretty great. Yeah. And I film that I fi- the film has a lot to say. It really does, but. It's just a disaster from beginning to end, I feel like. Uh, every time it does something right, it does like three or four things wrong. Yeah, it actually does have a lot to say. Yeah. It does. It's got some really cool, <laughs> interesting messages in it, like all throughout. Mm-hmm. But it it just feels like squandered potential. Yeah. Not just because it reuses footage, but just the way everything pays off. It's just so odd. But Yeah, well, I mean, think about... Another amazing aspect of this film is how how amazingly ridiculous is that mm. opening credit scene? Right? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, I don't know. It is awful. But there's something that just really makes me smile thinking back on it right now. <laughs> and thinking back on it as in I just watched this film a couple days ago. <laughs> so think about if it's been like five years and I'm thinking back to the scene, I probably have a fonder appreciation for it. But it really feels like a 60s sitcom with those stills and that goofy music. And man, that that song at the beginning, those lyrics are something, man. You know, <laughs> a couple oh, a couple yeah. of tasters up from the song, you know, it's but it ain't easy being a monster. And smog and exhaust are the real monsters. It's like <laughs> pretty blunt, right? <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, like the film never follows up on those ideas. Like I, I wish no. it kind of would explore those things a little bit, but it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 uh, it's just like I was just saying, it's a common theme of this movie is <laughs> starting themes and not finishing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, and, you know, it didn't help that that kid was singing that song either. Let's be real. Right. <laughs> So yeah, and I said I wasn't going to dunk too hard on the technical elements of this film. Um, I'll save that for my review a little bit. But I do have an, an issue with just the ending message. And you mentioned the last five minutes, and I want to touch on that a little bit. At the end of the film, the lesson here seems to be Ichiro has learned to grow up and take care of himself. Right? He's learned from this experience, and now he doesn't need his parents. I don't really know if that's a healthy message to take away. (laughs) (laughs) The reality is, is we need each other. You know, Ichiro needs his parents. Um, Suck it up and deal with it isn't really the best advice for bullying. Um, Further, Ichiro talks about how he hates bullies. And then guess what? He becomes a bully himself by honking the horn of that painter's vehicle and causing him to fall. 
I mean, at least he apologizes at the end. But come on, Ichiro. <laughs> the solution to hand- handling bullying isn't becoming a bully yourself, man. Yeah, and you mentioned the single biggest problem that I have with the film. But I guess let, let me expand on some of your other points and add on that first before I get to the, the cream de la cream. At first glance, the message seems positive, right? I'm even okay with the physically the message like it's okay to physically fight back against bullies because I've been bullied when I was younger and I was encouraged to fight back and that ended the bullying. But uh, so I'm kind of all for it. Like, you know, within reason. Right. But I'm really, the thing that I'm really baffled by first is Godzilla, right? He's a figment of Ichiro's mind, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So why is he so abusive? (laughs) <laughs> Most likely because Ichiro has an abusive father, right? I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, He's yeah. projecting his father onto Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I mean, Godzilla even tries to attack Ichiro directly <laughs> at the end of his fantasy, which I thought was so bizarre. Yeah, that just that seems so strange. And then we get, like you were saying, to the bullying stuff. He finally defeats the bullies, only to quickly become, literally seconds later, the bully himself. By knocking that poor painter off off his ladder and getting the paint all over him. And not only that, it's further made worse by showing that earlier in the film, Ichiro, when he was goaded by the bullies into pushing the horn to knock the painter off, he refuses because he considers the implications of doing that action. Right. And he chooses not to because he doesn't want to be mean to the painter. Right. (laughs) And it's explicitly stated that way. And they completely destroy that point at the end, but that's not the only point they destroy going back to the abusive father projection that we see. We see that Ichiro is wrong about his dad as well. Ichiro's dad sticks his neck out for his son in ways that I don't think a lot of dads would. (laughs) He really covers for him in a cool way, completely different than Ichiro's vision depicts him. Mm -hmm. I I'm just completely baffled by it in every way. I hate to be negative, especially to this extent, but I have to be honest as well. And this film's a turd, man. <laughs> I, I, they, 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 I can't believe that they made him a bully at the end. It just makes no sense to me. No, it, it really doesn't. I wonder if it makes sense to the theometer, <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the theometer this week. How you doing, Theo? Good. Good. This week we're watching All Monsters Attack, which is actually a movie made for kids about your age. Did you know that? No. Yeah, there's lots of footage of Manila. Do you know who Manila is? No. Manila is Godzilla's son. Wait, Godzilla has a son? Yeah, it's his son. Now, this is actually footage from Son of Godzilla, which we didn't get to do. Yeah. But it's reused footage in All Monsters Attack. You ready? All right, let's take a look. Here we go. Yeah, a kid. A kid? Yeah. Oh, there's Godzilla and Manila. Oh, what did Manila just do there? Throw a bomb. Throw a bomb? Yeah. That's not a bomb. That was a fire ring. Yeah, it's a fire ring. Oh! <laughs> oh, my gosh. What just happened? He just camped a fan fire. He what? Camped a fan fire. He had a big fire? Yeah. What? What made him do that? The tail. What did Godzilla do to Manila? He he, he, he stepped on the tail. Oh, yeah. 
He says, Attaboy, Manila. What'd you think about that? What'd you think about Godzilla's son, Manila? He's strange. Strange? I agree. This has been another Theometer. That was good. That was good. Hey, oh, I did want to mention that apparently Honda had this film ending when Ishiro leaves his mom's house. Hmm. When she turns around and cries, it was Mm going to end with her crying, realizing like that her son had grown up and she had been absent. Yeah. And this film would have been better if it ended that way. It actually would have been better. But apparently it got tested so negatively that he added that last bit onto the film. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just tested super positively after that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he just added this like kid's story that, and you know, looking at it that way, it makes complete sense why none of that makes any sense. Right. Right? Yeah. Because he slapped it together at the end because he was told to. Ah. That's no wonder it doesn't line up with the rest. Yeah, it is. All right, time for our awards. You ready, Alex? I'm ready to give my award for the coolest character award. All right. And I think you, I might surprise you, you. Okay. Ichiro's dad. Nice. It, this, Surprising. Despite, yeah. yeah, yeah. So despite how the film makes it seem like he would behave like Ichiro's visions, abusive, very abusive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... We find out that, you know, after Ichiro turns to the dark side, his dad covers for him in ways you don't expect. While trying to rectify the situation, he even waves Ichiro away while he's talking to the man that's been covered in paint because of Ichiro's bullying. So he's (laughs) waving for Ichiro to go run while he takes care of it. And, you know, that's pretty dad of the year, if you ask me, because I would not have done that. I would have brought that kid over and let them. (laughs) Yeah. You You know who else wouldn't have done that? Godzilla, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so for me, man, we're gonna we're definitely gonna need Jay to come in here and correct us for our pronunciations this episode. <laughs> <laughs> because my coolest character award is Senpai, right? Senpai. 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 That's probably Senpai. Yeah. All right. Um, and he's he's the toy guy, right? Uh, he has all the toys. He's the toy maker, the toy consultant, and he's Ichiro's friend. Um, he's this great mix between oblivious, you know, he has that moment where he's like, where have I seen this car before? Oh, yeah, it's mine. <laughs> he's intuitive. You know, he senses, he senses Ichiro needs help. And he's also wise, right? And he's yeah. caring. He takes care of Ichiro in the absence of his parents. So he's got to be my favorite character. Yeah, and honestly, he probably would have been the one I picked until I saw that you picked him. So, (laughs) but then it made me think, and I was like, you know, you know what? The coolest character is Ichiro's dad, and Eric is wrong. (laughs) Well, my most memorable line award also comes from Senpai, and he says, "It's Shinpei, Eric. We got it wrong the first time." Yeah, I, I'm going to need Jay to criticize me here. <laughs> Shimpe, all right. Uh, he says, adults believe in God, so why can't kids have their own gods too, like Manila's? I mean, man, if if there's a line that probably summarizes Honda's approach to this film, I think it's this one. Um, it happens right after Ichiro tries to explain to reporters how he got help from Manila which, of course, doesn't make sense to them at all. 
and I don't think this is a quote about whether or not you believe in God. I don't think that matters here. Um, I think you could just rephrase this line to be adults have Godzilla. Why can't kids have Manila? Um, <laughs> Honda's almost criticizing our critiques as adults of this film. But don't get me wrong. I actually don't think that's fair um, because even though this is a kid's movie, I think it deserves a little bit more care, um, which we'll talk about in our rating. But just because something is for kids doesn't mean we should be haphazard or lazy about it. You got to respect the audience, no matter the audience. Yeah. And that's, I think that is the biggest sin of this film is it doesn't respect its audience. Yeah. Yeah. We, we know Honda knows how to make a film and tell a story, even with minimal Godzilla use. And, mm-hmm. It didn't happen this time. I do, I do think that quote is interesting, though, especially in context, what you said. I hadn't really thought about that. Like, maybe in this film, you know, people don't really take Manila or Monster Island seriously. It's like a story to them, right? Right. Um, so it's like, could we make believe in this film? And so, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting that he says that because it doesn't matter, actually whether it's make-believe or not, whether Manila is this real character or he, if he's just a figment of Ichiro's imagination. The fact yeah. of the matter is he helped him in that situation, right? Uh, his creativity, right? Ichiro's own creativity and imagination helped him get out of a tough situation. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like you were just saying. It's, it's a really interesting point, Eric, but it's kind of like what you were just saying. Adults believe in God, so why can't kids have their own gods too it could be mm-hmm. speaking to the characters in godzilla too they can have if we if adults can have godzilla why can't kids have manila yeah. i think that's perfect eric i think it's perfect because why can't kids have their own characters that suck like manila you know <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but for real though why can't kids have people characters that they uh relate to more mm-hmm. than they do something like godzilla not that anyone really relates to Godzilla <laughs> but I really like that point Eric that's really good what about you Alex what's your most memorable line award uh, my favorite line is that sounds like Manila and the, okay so this is Ichiro at the very beginning of the movie going over the bridge and he hears this car screeching during a turn it's it's actually the the bank robbers driving mm. away he goes that sounds like Manila and the car's turning and he's like yeah Manila sounds like and you know this statement is completely false and because manila doesn't sound like that car at all and it's most likely honda telling us that this film is completely detached from reality (laughs) Mm. it's true that's true um (laughs) what about your can't believe that acting award alex i'm actually gonna give it to ichiro believe it or not um I do that because I think he does a really good job. I don't think he's annoying in the slightest, which whenever you have a kid in a movie, you know it's going to be a toss-up. That <laughs> kid is either going to be really annoying or really good. Yeah. And so I'm actually going to give it to him. I think there's hey. probably better actors than him, but he does a pretty good job. Oh, he did a fantastic job. I was impressed with him, too. Just I was a little bit more impressed with Manila. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he, he's a bowl. He's he, yeah. I, I was impressed when he spoke English. That was yeah, one thing. exactly, exactly. That's what's really crazy is we haven't talked about how Manila speaks, right? 
he doesn't really move his mouth. He just speaks. And he says things like, we don't lie like humans. <laughs> he's, he's so blunt in this film. He just he tells is. things how they are. But again, he is a projection of Ichiro, right? Um, and so that's interesting. That, that line actually is kind of interesting to me. Because once again, from a kid's perspective, from Ichiro's perspective, this is kind of probably how he sees the adults in his life, oh, his yeah. parents, right? You know, like they told him he'd, they'd be home for dinner and then they call and say, oh, sorry, I have to work late, right? Right. So here he has Manila saying, we don't lie like humans. So <laughs> <laughs> I also love how Manila is buck-toothed and proud of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the reason his mouth doesn't move when he talks is because he clearly had his jaw broken. Yeah, Before well, his teeth started. get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's, yeah. I, you know, I do like that about the line. It, it is clearly him reflecting on his parents not showing up and all these other things. Yeah. And I, again, it speaks to all these themes that are in this film. They're just right. not it's, executed well. Right? Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy, actually. <laughs> but... I, th- I think the best worst effect in the entire film <laughs> is the first time we find out that Manila is capable of shrinking and growing on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he grows, he's standing next to Ishiro and he begins to grow in size and in quick interval bursts. As he gets bigger, his crotch gets closer and closer to the camera until he's full size. And we are just staring at Manila crotch. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> And having to wonder, wait, (laughs) I'm not going to say anything explicit here. This is a kid-friendly episode of All Monsters Attack. I would just have more questions than answers when we get that close up. (laughs) But, you know, my standout effect, Alex? Yeah. Giant candor. Oh, man. <laughs> no, no, not really. But it, it was interesting. Wait, it was it's interesting. giant condor, not candor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here I go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant condor, right? Condor, whenever he comes in and we didn't get the name, you know. I think, it was, was it in Ebra? Was that what he was in? Yeah, in Ebra, Ebra. he was giant eagle. I yeah. believe. <laughs> yeah, like and, but, but we didn't see his name. It's just that's how Toho references to him. But oh, in this man. one, he's giant condor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though, on a, on a more serious note, mine's not really a special effect this week. It's more of a specific shot that sh- that stood out to me. There's that one cut where everything becomes black except for the circle of darkness that surrounds each row. And Ichiro is just calling for his mommy. Now, if you take the rest of the film out of it and you just show me that shot, it's kind of terrifying. Um, In isolation there especially, it's quite the moment. And it feels like stuff that we've seen from Honda before. You can feel Ichiro's isolation even in his dream. And I think it's a pretty cool effect. It definitely feels like old Honda in that scene. It reminded me of Invasion of Astro Monster and some of uh-huh. the the uses of light that he had in that film. So I really liked that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. But Eric, I want to know, what do you think of the movie overall? Okay. So it's time to rate and rank this film. Um, 
I feel like I've been tame thus far to all monsters attack. But with that said, I do think this is a pretty bad movie and insulting even to its kid audience. Um, Yeah, I think as a kid, I would enjoy it. I think Theo kind of enjoys this film because the monsters are cool. Um, But just because I see something that I enjoy doesn't mean that it's great filmmaking. I think you're exactly right when you talk about the themes being underdeveloped and then even contradictory. So with that said, despite the fact that I've actually had like come up with some decent bits of meaning here and I've enjoyed this discussion, I didn't enjoy watching this film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I I'd give it a one and a half star. Uh, it was a one star, but it gets bumped up an extra half star for me just because I'm considering the kid audience that Honda had in mind. And so, of course, at one and a half stars, it falls at the bottom of my list at number 10 currently. What about you? Yeah, yeah. And I do want to preface this. Like, you know, we have been hard on it, but it's just our opinion. I don't think I could see someone getting great things out of this. So if someone likes this, it's no, we're not taking shots at you, but I'm like Eric. I had a hard time with this one. And I, I haven't been as tame as you. And I know we're trying to be positive <laughs> and fun with everything, but this film really did exhaust me. <laughs> I, I told Cece that this must have been what it was like. Okay, Eric, do you know where the term jumping the shark came from? It feels like, uh, wasn't it from an older sitcom? Is yeah, that right? yeah. Yeah, so there's this old classic show called Happy Days where the cultural icon Fonzie literally jumps over a shark. And the reason the phrase is stuck is because that moment marked a downward trend for the series. And so everyone says that the moment that happened is when Happy Days started getting worse and worse. Hmm. And watching this film felt like I was watching Godzilla jump the shark. Hmm. I mean... Between the use of old footage, which probably takes up maybe literally 20 minutes of the film, with w- interspersed with Ichiro's reactions to what's happening, <laughs> there's that much in it, and it's a 69-minute movie. <laughs> and the main theme, and all the themes, really, there's not a single theme that makes it out of this film unscathed. And so the fact that all of these themes get obliterated by the end of the film, it makes this film a huge flop for me. And it makes me sad to think that Honda is the one that delivered mm. this one out of five star rating for me. Mm-hmm. And I also understand that maybe this film isn't for me, but even as a kid, this was my least watched Godzilla movie. I used to, I, I would have said I liked it as a kid, but you didn't see me putting it in the watch very often. Right. You know what, though, Alex? What? Here's, here's the thing, man. I think, <laughs> I think I've kind of grown to kind of enjoy this film a little bit <laughs> over the course of this discussion. I, 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 I like it more than when, when I started as well. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, I, honestly, I'm, I'm already bumping it up. I, I'm going up to a two-star review. <laughs> I know that may be crazy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going up to a two-star review I, and i might argue with you i don't think this film is jumping the shark i think that's already happened right i think manila was jumping the shark <laughs> instead of godzilla and this is the after effects of that moment 
Um, <laughs> but, you make a good and, argument. <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing is, you know, you talk about how none of these themes, none of these messages uh, stick at the very end. One could argue. Now, hear me out, Alex. Oh no, I think I think I've thought of this and be like, no, that's ridiculous. No. One one could argue that it just adds a complexity, <laughs> <laughs> an added layer to the film that really it's you know it's the yin to the yang. It's these all these themes and these messages coming together to form a complex meaning of the film, Eric. Alex. Eric, do not tell me that the theme of this movie is you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Alex. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? It's, it's, it may be better than uh, pollution is bad. Let's clean it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, the good thing is, is next week we get an entire movie dedicated to pollution. Exactly. What are we watching, yeah. Alex? So next week, we'll be looking at Godzilla versus Hedorah, or as a lot of people might know it over here, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. And this is directed by one-timer to the franchise, Yoshimitsu Bano. We'll be asking the question, how does the film's anti-pollution rhetoric compare to the environmental rhetoric of today? And we may not dig in too much into today's conversation, but... I do want to talk a lot about what's relevant and what's not compared to then, because we have seen like we did in Ghidorah, the three headed monster, (laughs) (laughs) the environmental stuff that it was a little relevant to today. I mean, think about this film, this masterpiece, Alex, and the song that we got, you know, how smog and exhaust are the real monsters. (laughs) It was deep. It was yeah, it, deep. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making fun of these environmental messages. I'm absolutely not. I'm not a climate. <laughs> I'm not a climate change denier. I'm not. I I take that stuff very seriously. Actually, it's just I don't take it as seriously in a Godzilla film. <laughs> no one's no one's ever said that, Eric, and not been guilty of being a climate change denier. <laughs> You might be right. So, think, be so, right. They, so just think about that for a little bit. But <laughs> you can actually... There, Godzilla versus Hedorah is kind of hard to get a hold of. Uh, I'm lucky enough that the God, the Criterion Collection, one, number 1000, will be showing up right before we record this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to watch it before then. But if you're not wanting to spend out way too much money on <laughs> this box set, yeah. then you can... Rent it from Fandango now for two ninety nine, or there's also a website called archive dot was it org? Archive I think dot, so. Yeah, archive and it looks like Toho is actually the ones that have put up the movie on there, and they put up some of their older movies, not so much the newer ones. Yeah, I guess due to I don't know what kind of laws, but it's up there. Uh, you can watch it for free. <laughs> take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. But, yeah, give it a shot, and we'll see you all next week. Indeed. I was going to say where we, they can find us on social media, Alex. On Twitter, you can find us at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, you can find our individual accounts at, at Al Cornette and at Mr. Eric Neely. And, of course, let us know what you think. Um, let us know the answer to the question, how does Godzilla versus Hedorah 
um, address the anti-pollution rhetoric and how's that compared to today's similar rhetoric. And you can email that feedback to us at mvmpod at gmail.com. But until next week, Alex, try Try to stay stay alive. alive. Hey! (laughs) That was not good. He's out of the Ah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>